0: Hello and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Greco, but you may know me better as LDG. In today's episode, we'll be going over my top 24 players to watch out for in the 2024 National Women's Soccer League season. These may be new signings, players returning from injury, players with their breakout season last year, and more. I'm so excited to get into this episode and share my rankings and excited to hear what you think about your rankings. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This episode will be part one of two. So in this episode, I will be sharing 24 through 13. And the next episode, which will be premiering next week, will show 12 through one. So let's get into it and share my 24th player to watch out for. For me, I have all eyes on Jalen Howell of Racing Louisville Football Club. I've really loved watching her play. I know she orchestrates the midfield of her possession style football. And I think in you know, a Louisville team with such a stacked midfield, and they brought in obviously Taylor Flint, Formerly Corniak and Marissa vigiano So it'll be really interesting to see how Jalen Howell comes back from injury and fights to get back into that side. As we know she's a top quality midfielder who'll be fighting for the US team. And the midfield trio of Audi Borges, um, Savannah DeMello and Howell sounds incredible with a potential false nine in Taylor Flint, um, or even a ten in Taylor Flint. Who knows? The possibilities are endless, which is why this Louisville midfield is so exciting, and I'm really interested to see how. Powell comes back from the injury as They clearly missed her, Louisville, the Louisville side, when she was injured. And I'm interested to see if she can make her way onto the U.S. Women's National Team. My 23rd ranked player is a player who I think really is going to be interesting to watch this season. A German international who recently signed with the North Carolina Courage, Feli Rausch. Um, Rausch is a player who has German National Team experience, and she is a player who is really good on the left side of the pitch. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how the Courage are able to replace Emily Fox. And I'm recording this on the day that Liverpool lost to Arsenal largely because of Fox's incredible performance and I think it's going to be a really big hole on the NC side and they brought in Bianca St. George's, they brought in um, Philly Rao as we're talking about right now and I think it'll be really interesting to see her adjustment in the National Women's Soccer League and how she brings over her talents from Wolfsburg into the new side which is interesting that she's coming to the Courage as the... As the Wellsburg's women's side as a partnership with the Red Stars. But anywho, it's really interesting to get to see some more German talent in the National Women's Soccer League with Maxi Rall going to the Red Stars. And I'm really excited to see how um, Rausch adjusts to the to a National Women's Soccer League this season. In 22nd place, I have Degeno Ordonez. Ordonez, a tall Mexican striker who trade, was traded to the Houston Dash last season after having a phenomenal rookie year, which get her many headlines would have probably won that rookie of the year award if not for Naomi Gurma's ex- excelling performances on the back line. Ordonez is someone who really struggled to fit in with the Dash's very defensive and attackingly bland system last season and it'll be very interesting to see with a new coach in friends Alonso if Ordonez will get that scoring streak up as they look to um as she looks to Progress as a player and the dash as a side look to develop into a side that can get back to the playoffs where they were the year before they acquired Ordonez. Um, Ordonez is a player who's so good in the air and really has a great combination with Maria Sanchez, her fellow Mexican international, who will be talking about a little bit later in this episode and I think that Ordonez is someone who I really want to see this is her make or break year in her third year great rookie year not so great sophomore year in the NWSL and I'm really interested to see in her third year will she take that step up or will she never reach that form that she had in her rookie year I can't wait to watch the season to find out Um, In 21st place, I have Messiah Bright. Bright, another player like Ordonez who would have probably won the Rookie of the Year due to their incredible attacking um, prowess in their rookie year, scoring a lot of goals. If it wasn't for a great defender for Ordonez, it was Germa, and for... um, Mm -hmm. Bright, it was Nyswonger who robbed them of that award. Um, but both of those players, Nyswonger and Gurma, have been amazing and perhaps we'll be touching on them later in the series. Who knows? Maybe you'll see. Um, anyway, uh, I really like Messiah Bright's game because she's incredibly explosive and I love how she loves to get on pitch and she's amazing with shooting with both feet from very far out. An aerial threat who's incredibly tall, but also someone who's very pacey. Very similar to Julie Doyle in that way. I thought those two com- combined quite nicely. I'm a little bit surprised to see her get traded away from the pride. I thought she really settled into their system there. And it'll be really interesting to see this season if she gets the same minutes of Angel City. And I hope that she doesn't have the sophomore slump that we may have seen over Ardonia's last season because although Ardonia was an incredible se- player in her first season, she really struggled in a new environment after getting traded after just a rookie season and some fans may be wondering if the same thing may occur to Bright, but it'll be interesting to see how Bright plays in her very traditional style of football, which usually revolves around her and her um, being able to dribble and get out defenders 1v1, whereas Angel City style football, total football, almost very possession oriented. They love to use Amandine Henry as the sixth, who is willing to orchestrate the side, and it'll be really interesting to see how Bright will orchestrate herself into that area. Next, I'm going to talk about another young forward who foregoed the draft and came in through a new, mechanism that the league has introduced, you'll probably be able to guess her by now. Jaden Shaw, San Diego Wave's youngest prospect, and quite frankly, their star at this point of the year. I honestly thought she had a much better season than Alex Morgan, which is not a controversial take necessarily when you look at the stats and see how much better Shaw was than Morgan in regards to production last year. But Shaw's just a player who's great, link up and great in link-up, loves to drop back and play more of a false nine, but she can also... Be that Schrutein, but the U.S. team was really looked for. I think it was amazing getting to see her combined with players like Fischel and Rodman over the international break because it really shows her um, fluidity as a player in so many different positions. You can play any- anywhere, anywhere f- along the front line, but also she can drop back into an attacking midfielder role and pull the strings from there with her creative passing abilities. And I love, I will love to get to see Shaw this season, perhaps orchestrate her side a little bit more and, you know, take the leadership role and take on a little bit more of that as this side is led by Morgan and Alex Morgan and Abby Dahlkemper and Kaylin Sheridan, three incredibly talented leaders on the side who are also great on the pitch but I think it'll be nice to get to see a player like Jaden Shaw get more time to you know really shine as a leader as she's someone who I think could be the future and be one of those star players that you'll see for the U.S. Women's National Team leading our side in the future um yeah so anyway I think we should move on to someone who's on the Portland Thorns last season. I think she's been robbed of a lot of U.S. Women's National Team spots, quite frankly. I think she really is such a talented player, and I think Morgan Weaver is the player I'm talking about, if you haven't gotten that all by now. um, Someone who's incredible up the left wing, great in combination play with Sophia Smith, who she's not going to be in this episode. She'll be in the next episode with the top 12 players. Spoiler alert. Shouldn't be a spoiler. But anyway, um, Weaver is someone who I really love watching her combination play incredibly pacey like Messiah Bright, but instead is more of a winger than a true nine. But Weaver is a goal scorer, but she's also a creator, which is something I love about her. And that's something I'd love to see her and Smith blossom at the same rate almost and really get to show their build up play together. I think that would be a duo that we may be able to see on the U.S. team hopefully more if Weaver gets the call up she clearly deserves. And she's one of those players who I think has produced week in and week out, out, just like Bethany Balser, who, hint, hint, again, will be in this Series, um, next episode or this episode, I won't spoil, but I think that Weaver is someone who I really just loved watching because of how she is so three-dimensional in the best way um I mean even more than that she's just a multifaceted player as she is great at dribbling at defenders but also is a good creator and a great finisher in the final third she's impeccable she's great with all options and I think that's why the Thorns are allowed to play so freely as they know yeah sure Sophia Smith may be the person that the defenders may be watching, but we have Morgan Weaver. We have potentially Dusty Fleming next season, who we'll also be talking about. Um... And they'll just, between Sugita, the list goes on and on. And although they won't have Dunn and Rodriguez this season, I'm really excited to see how Weaver steps up and continues to produce the go- goals and assists that she has throughout this season. Next, I'll talk about another left winger, one who I think has been robbed of playing time by Becky Tweed. One of the few complaints that I have about her and their coaching um, realm since she shook over Angel City is June Endo. Endo is a player who I thought was much better than Camberos throughout the sa- season. I love Scarlett Camberos in Ange- uh, as a player, and I love watching her from Me- Me- Mexico. Uh, Mexico national women's team has a lot of players on this list, one of whom who I've already mentioned and one who I've hinted about, uh, Maria Sanchez. Anyway, um, yeah, I just really love watching um, Endo, who's someone who I think just worked with Angel City side much better. She clicked, even though she didn't get the minutes that she deserved. She was still, I think, the joint goal, lead goal scorer, or joint in goal contributions with Alyssa Thompson. I think Endo's someone, who, the only player on Angel City who I think was a proven finisher last season. I really felt like LaRue did a great job at the end of the year, but I think at the beginning of the season, Endo was just the creative strings behind the team, and the reason why I think she's on this list, is, even though she didn't get to playing time, that you may need to get on this list as she was relegated to a substitution bench role. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Becky Tweed integrates her back into the the completely stacked forward line, which has players like Messiah Bright, who we've already mentioned in this episode. Uh, let's move on from June Endo into the player who we were hinting at a few players ago, Jesse Fleming, someone who, yes... She's still a Chelsea player, but it's only a matter of time before she comes to Portland Thorn, as numerous sources have reported. I believe Tom Gary was the first one to report it. Just correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Fleming is someone who's going to come to the league on one of the record transfer fees for our, our league. Fleming is an amazing creative player. If you're a U.S. Women's National Team fan, you'll remember all too well. Sorry, Taylor Swift, not meant to be a joke. The time where Fleming knocked us out of the Olympics of her incredible, impeccable finishing from the spot. Fleming's not just a great penalty taker, though. She's the orchestrative midfielder for that Canadian side at the Women's World Cup this summer. They kind of missed her when she wasn't starting on the pitch, I felt. I think that she's a player who's a lot better with that final pass. I think they have Sophie Schmidt as well, the Canadian side. I know they have her, but I think she played a similar role to what Fleming would have Played, I wish Fleming got more time at the Miserable Cup, quite thankfully, because I think she's one of the betters. Set players. I just think she didn't get the club minute she deserved at Chelsea, which is why I'm incredibly excited to see her thrive in a portland Thorns system, which has so many great midfielders like Kina Sugita. Um, last season, we re- they really relied on John and Rodriguez, and now I can't wait to get to see players like Moultrie play an even bigger role than they did last season. And I think I'm really excited to see someone like Jesse Fleming slot into this midfield side. And she'll really, obviously, she's mentored by Christine Sinclair at the international level, but now she gets to be mentored by Sinclair in the day-to-day office at her side's um, training facilities. Anyway, next player I'm going to talk about is someone who I think going into last season, I would have had top three, top five. It'll be very interesting to see how she recovers from her ACL injury, which is why she's a little bit lower on this list as ACL injuries do take time to recover from and get to your full potential. But I think Mallory Swanson is a player who I think everyone has their eyes on coming into this season. She's going into a Red Stars team, which let's be honest was really pathetic last season um I think I can say that they were almost like a 2022 Gotham FC team and that they were just really not in a lot of games I just felt like they were not creative offensively they have their moments especially that game against Angel City where they tied I felt that was one of the strongest performances um also the game against the Spirit where they crushed them three now but I think they really missed the player that Mallory Swanson is on the pitch she's someone who can take on multiple defenders by herself she's someone who can run 90 yards as seen by her goal against the current she's in a few seasons ago she's someone who I just think she carries the whole team on her back and the Red Stars will desperately need that this season after losing a lot of their key anchors in the back of the pitch like um Sharon Davidson to Gotham FC, and Casey Kruger, many more, um, like Kayla Sharples to Bay. I could go on and on with the medal free agents that they lost. Nuki Nagasato to the dash. Anyway, point being is I'm going to be really interested to see how Swanson can regain her goal-scoring form leading into the Olympics as she fights to get onto the U.S. forward roster spot where there is so much young talent for this side, and I can't wait to see Swanson back in that cell and hopefully competing for the U.S. women's national team, the red, white, and blue, in Paris next summer. If, she maintains good form at club level. This next player is another forward who I will be expecting to be competing for one of those coveted forward spots at the U.S. Olympic roster and it's Lynn Williams. Williams came off of an incredible 2023 season leading Gotham FC to their first National Women's Soccer League title and their first ever year where they won a playoff game, Gotham really was flying on all strides on the pitch. They played such fun football, but the one thing that really didn't come for them as much as they would have liked is goals. And when you compare them to an offense like Portland, they didn't get nearly as many goals. And going into 2024 with adding the attacking pieces that they added in Dunn and Lavelle, you would definitely expect Gotham to strive for more um, outlandish numbers, attackingly, and I think that Lynn Williams is so amazing at tracking back on defense, but that also minimizes the amount she could do on the counterattack. And having players like Lavelle and Dunn, who we will potentially be talking about—I cannot confirm or deny—are gonna is gonna something that's gonna be really, really helpful for the team because I think it's gonna allow these. Players like Williams and also like Midge Purse, who we won't be talking about, but is going to be a player I think will be really important this season that can really just let them focus on getting those goals. Because Lynn was so amazing at the beginning of the season. She scored eight, I think almost all eight of her goals came at the beginning of the year. She didn't score, I don't think, until that final game. She had a huge scoring route. Um, And I think it's just going to be really interesting to see whether she picks up that scoring form which she regained in the championship game by scoring that goal which ultimately helped Gotham FC win the title and I think Lynn is going to be in a very different system this year and it's going to be really interesting to see how she adapts to that. A next player I think is someone who I'm really interested to see in a new system and a new side is Ashley Sanchez. Sanchez is someone who I really love watching attackingly, so dynamic. She originally came out of college as almost like a left winger type player. I feel like she loved to cut inside on her right foot, was really good at 1v1s versus defenders and even like in that first batch of usa games that she played in like the one against new zealand for instance you can just remember her dominating that left side sanchez has played more of a central 10 role for the spirit and i think it'll be really interesting to see how Sean Sean incorporates her into her into the courage side which has a lot of good creative players like Minaka Matsugabo who will be talking about um in another episode later this preseason. And I just really feel like Sanchez is a player who fits in this style of play perfectly. But after having a 2023 that was pushed back because of, you know, getting minutes at the World Cup, she didn't really get the chance to do her best performance at the Spirit. It'll be really interesting to see how... Sanchez will adapt to a new system that honestly will probably work better for her as it's more of like a passing-oriented game and it allows her to really thrive in that tiki-taka style of football that Sean Nahas wants to implement. The last player we'll be talking about in this episode is someone who came over from Europe this season. She's someone who is a proven champion has won a champions league over in europe and she's someone who i really cannot wait to see strive in her new expansion club yes that is right i will be talking about miss Oshawela Oshawela is a player who is so dynamic in the box she's great ariel lee and she's amazing with her finishing on both feet she's all she's also like amazing on the front line as someone who's great with that counter press which I feel like some is something that Albertine Montoya is really going to be emphasizing with that front line um, Montoya loves to play a possession style of football, and I think he really doesn't. He said in an interview recently that he doesn't love to defend as a player, so he wants to make sure his team doesn't have to do is They want to keep the ball as long as possible, which makes me believe that they're going to have some sort of counter press when they do lose the ball to try and win the ball in high attacking areas. And I think Oshawa is someone who could be a really big part of it. But let's not just talk about her speed and her strength, which are both immaculate, but also her technical ability. Her dribbling is just incredible. Anytime you watch her on the ball, she glides with the ball, and she always finds a way to finish from the most absurd area. She's a proven goal scorer with over 100 goals in her time at Barcelona, someone who was robbed of the playing time she deserved there. And I think it's amazing to get to see her move to become the star of a franchise where she will get the opportunity to get many more minutes and hopefully, for BFC, get Many more goals to help their side, which was a looking very weak a week ago, get into a much better position in the table than what we would think of what the what other expansion teams might get like Utah. Overall, I think there's so many amazing players that we talked about in this episode, starting from Jalen Howell at Louisville, someone who's coming back from a big injury and her team really missed her all the way, to Miss Oshawela, someone who is so incredible. I love watching her play and she's going to be someone who's new to the National Women's Soccer League this season. Overall, this season was incredible and I t- just t- only t- touched on a few players like Fleming and Oshawela who came in from Europe, but there was also players like So Young and so much more um, who came into the National Women's Soccer League via European transfers, um, and, or just even not European transfers, there's so many amazing players that don't play in European leagues, like, South American transfers, Biazano came from Brazilian league, um, Temwa Choinga came from the Chinese League, which is, she was the highest scorer of the year. So definitely don't, if the, these players, if your favorite player wasn't featured in this episode, don't worry. We're going to do a lot more preseason content, which will be coming soon, including a part two to this episode where we'll talk about the 12 to first highest ranked players I am super excited for to see in the 2024 season. But in general, I'm so thankful for your support of this podcast and I cannot wait for the season, but also all the content that's going to be coming preseason and stay tuned because a lot's going to be coming. Thanks for listening in and peace. This is peace out from your host LDG.